hello, hello. I'd like to welcome you to her image. I'd love to thank you very much for joining us. This is our very first podcast. Um, one where I'm going to just explain exactly what her image is and stands for and the backstory of what it is that I'm hoping that God is going to use it for. So her image is an acronym and it stands for her unchanging royal image because I'm a firm believer that we women, we all have been gifted by a loving father and the gift that he's given us is a crown of royalty, a crown of honour and a crown that holds so many things that actually the Bible tells us. And so it is my pleasure to invite you on a journey with me as I try to unpick what those privileges are that we've inherited. But more than that, I want you just to know that God's love is what is crowned upon your head. And that regardless of how you see yourself, whether you see yourself as worthy or not, regardless of what your current status is, regardless of if anybody else sees the greatness in you, just know that your royalty is an inheritance and it's not something that can easily be taken away from you. So it's not determined by how you stand or even what you wear or how you look. It's simply because of God's love. So that is my hope that her image will really just encourage encourage us. And I put myself there as well. Encourage us just to understand exactly who we are. Just to understand our identity in Christ. And to know that our crowning is for a purpose. And hopefully as we delve into the word more we will come to understand that identity and understand that purpose and be able to walk in it good evening ladies so it may not be evening for you where you're listening but it certainly is evening for me in fact I could not allow myself to go to sleep without just making a head start on our journey through Esther. So I know that I did say that this was the Esther series, but before we go into Esther, I'm going to take you to the book of Ezekiel because that was what kind of spurred the series that looked into Esther. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a backstory. So this is Ezekiel 16 and it's the idea of how far is God willing to go to show his love. It's the idea of how much would he take from us before he stopped loving us. And I think Ezekiel 16 is such a beautiful description of God's love and what he's willing to do for us. So the backstory is the children of Israel and their unfaithfulness. 
they serve God and they seek God when it suits them and when they were in need and when they very much were feeling vulnerable and they knew that they were in need of protection but the minute that God had delivered them from something they felt strong and independent and they walked and then went off and served other gods and this was something that went on over and over and over again in the old testament but ezekiel 16 kind of tells us a little bit of how god shows his grace and his grace is for a purpose so i'm gonna read ezekiel chapter 16 verse 1 Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abomination, and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite, and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut off, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No eye pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you, in your own blood, live. Yes, I said live. You in your own blood live. And I made you thrive like a plant in the field. And you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and still bare. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God. Then I washed you in water, Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and I gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck. And I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen, silk and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nation because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendour, which I had bestowed upon you, says the Lord God. So that was Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1 to 14. Right, so let's dig in. So verses 1 to 4 speaks about how this this baby was born, but not treated with love. I mean, when we think of babies and the birth of them, it's meant to be a joyous day. People are meant to gather round. People are meant to come and, and marvel over the baby. The baby's meant to be treated and cleaned and washed. And 
in some traditions maybe a certain oil may be used to coat the baby and this is just all to allow the baby to to feel loved but this is very different to what's described in verses one to four in fact it says that this child was not washed its umbilical cord was not cut off it was not rubbed with salt or wrapped with swaddling cloth and in fact in verse 5 it says no I pitied you to do any of these things so no one felt that you were worthy enough to do these things no one had compassion enough to do these things but instead this baby was thrown out into an open field and left and left so there's sometimes that we may feel like that we may feel like we are kind of just left left and stuck in our own situations without people coming to our aid or being concerned or caring or having compassion on us sometimes we feel like we're thrown into an open field just left and that can be quite scary and that can make you feel quite rejected that can make you feel so unloved but what's beautiful about this is in verse 6 it says and when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood I said to you live now when we think of blood we think of pain we think of hurt we think of sorrow, we think of mess, we think of death. But yet God is telling us to live in this situation. Not to live in the situation, but regardless of the situation, he wants us to live. Now you might think that's crazy, you might think, but God, you want me to live comfortably in this, in the things that are going on around me? In your own strength, it's impossible. But when you're leaning on God, when you're trusting in him to, to, to be your shelter, to be your shield, when you're trusting in him to do something, it's amazing how the situation around you may not change, but your perspective on it, the way you look at it, the way you see it may be very different. And that is exactly what God wants. It's all about perspective. So verse seven says, I made you thrive like a plant in the field and you grew, matured and became very beautiful. So this person has obviously gone from living in a situation which might have been close to death because it speaks of blood and now God is saying that he's now made this person thrive like a plant in the field and this person has grown so remember what I said about the Israelites that's very much their story when God comes and saves them and delivers them they grow they mature and then they feel that they can stand on their own two feet and then they go and walk away from God. But yet God did this time and time and time again. It's amazing how God can take a situation, pull you from it, and cause you to thrive 
and cause people to look at you and think, wow, how is it that she's standing? How is it that she's she's able to walk and carry herself so well? How is it that she's able to walk with a smile? Because I know all the mess that's going on around her. I know the situation that she's in. But that's just simply God's covering. It says you became very beautiful. It's amazing how people can see beauty not realizing the pain that's on the inside but it's a process we want quick fixes but what God does is a process he's not gonna try and give you a quick fix even though we're in a generation of uber eats quick takeaways microwave meals Those things, they don't satisfy long enough because as soon as you eat it, it's gone and you're hungry again. But the process that God is planning to take us through, the journey that he's taken us on is something that is so intentional and so precise that he is willing for it to be a process and a journey. It says your breasts were formed and your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. So this is talking about on the outside, this person looked like they had grown. They had matured because in their body, they had started to form and develop. But them being naked and bare still shows that they're still vulnerable. They're still naive. They're still maybe lacking a a level of independence. They're still not ready to walk and stand by themselves. So sometimes we have a picture of what the final product's going to be like in our lives. And... It could be that God has shown us this. And we race towards it. Trying to cut corners. Trying to get there quickly. Which, to be honest with you, I don't blame you. It's something we all do. No one wants to be stuck in a rut forever. They want to progress. They want to move forward. But the only problem is if we try and get to the end before we actually cross every single hurdle and gain every single strength and build every single aspect of what God is trying to do in us, we will still be bare and we will still be naked. We would not be made complete. So verse 8 says, When I pass by you again and look upon you, indeed your time was the time of love. And so I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. So God being so gracious, so loving and so kind, he saw what we may not have seen. He saw we weren't ready. He sees the incompletion. He sees there's still some things that need to be worked out. And he covers that. And you know what's amazing? Because as he covers that, as he covers those things, others may look at you and not see the unfinished work. They may not see the the, the things that are still a little bit out of place or still needing to be tweaked. They may see something that is is well put together and that's the grace of God you know I um I laugh because 
Um, sometimes when people say to me that, oh, you know, oh, you've got it well together, you know, you're, you've got it put together. And I think, no, if only you knew <laughs> on the inside, really, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I'm still working it out. God is working it out. Well, every time that I step up on, on, um, to, um, to minister or for praise and worship and someone says something to me afterwards and on the inside I'm thinking if only you knew how my heart was racing if only you knew behind my glasses there were tears simply because this I'm still a work in progress but God covers that it says yes I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you and you became mine That's exactly what he wants. That covenant that he's speaking about is the kind of covenant that you would have between a husband and wife when they're married. That covenant is one that's not easily broken. So when he says that you became mine, it's not mine as in you are my slave. It's mine as in, I want to love you. I want to look after you. I want to show you all the beauties and wonders that you did not even know that you had in there or I had in store for you. So verse nine, it says, then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. So God is not forgetting about your past. He's not forgetting because he knows that that's really where the work needs to be done. To move forward, we need to deal with the past. So God has remembered that this person was ill-treated at birth. This person was not cleaned and treated and rubbed with oil. And that kind of care was not shown. So he's going to go all the way back to that, that, that time. And he's now addressing it. He's now washing off the blood and anointing this person with oil. Now, when we think of oil, we think of holiness. We think of someone being set apart. You know, when King David was being anointed as king, he was anointed with oil. In fact, the Holy Spirit has been has been compared to oil being poured out. So this is what God is doing, and this is all part of the process. After he cleans you, he anoints you with oil. After you've been baptized in water, you're baptized with the Spirit. It's all part of a process. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and gave you sandals of badger skin. And I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. Now, when you think of fine linen and silk, those are luxury fabrics. In fact, when you think of biblical times, those are the kind of fabrics that you would see on priests, on kings. So God is not just going to 
do the very least for you. Remember, he's trying to show this, this, this person that this person is loved. This person is going through a process where God is trying to show this person their worth. Trying to show this person that they're belonging, that they're loved and that they're valued and that they're royal because verse 11 then says I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck I adorned you with ornaments that word adorned it's like how we would garnish food it's how we would we would lavish someone with 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 beautiful beautiful trinkets and beautiful gold and beautiful diamonds that word adorned sounds so rich even in just the word and I put a jewel in your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head a beautiful crown on your head now that crown isn't just being put on your head for without a reason The minute you wear a crown, it's something that everyone would notice. So God has really put in the work here. Because by putting a crown on your head, he's putting you on display. He's allowing others to see his work. He's allowing others to see the process, to see the outcome. A beautiful crown on your head. You're made royal. And this royalty is not like how other people may put us on the pedestal, where one minute we're on trend and on point and the next minute we're pushed to the side. No, if God puts a crown on your head, that is not temperamental. That's not temporary. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver and your clothing was of fine linen, silk and embroidered cloth. These again, these are luxury clothings that even in the Old Testament, when they were building the tabernacle, these were the kind of cloths that were used in building it. These were the kind of cloths that the priests wore, that the priests were given, just to set them apart embroidered cloth that's the kind of thing you'd expect to see on a king and on a queen so God wants you to know your standard how he holds you so if someone as great as God the God that created the heaven and the earth if he holds you in that kind of standard that kind of stature then how should we walk I'm not telling us we should be boastful and prideful and that we should walk around snobbish. No. But this should give you that kind of bounce in your step to know that, you know what? If God sees me this way, regardless of if anyone else tells me that I'm I'm beautiful, I'm worth it. If God sees me this way, if God saw me in my mess, he found me in my mess, if he cleaned me up, 
if he took me through the process and he saw me through the the ugly, he saw me through the, the dirt, he saw me through the mess, he saw me through the sin, he saw me just in all of these things that other people, I wouldn't even want them to know, I wouldn't even want them to see. He saw me through it, but yet he still crowned me with a, with a beautiful crown. Then that should do something for us. He says, you were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. And your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty. So God put you in a place where others will see it. God put you in a place so others can see what he's done can see the changes can see the before and the after picture so those people that knew you from before when they see you now it's not even that maybe on the outside you look different but simply when they speak to you they think wow there's a peace or there's an aura there's something about you there's a difference it's because you have been succeeded to royalty Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor. God has to get the glory, which I bestowed on you. So our crowning is for a purpose. It's not just for us. As much as God loves us, as much as he wants to do this for every single one of his daughters, because he wants to do it for every single one of his daughters he's going to do it in you so that it can be done through you and seen by somebody else he's going to do it in you so that it can be seen through you and then it can be done in somebody else god has to get the glory from it there has to be a difference between you doing it yourself and when god does it because your life is almost like a banner so that when people see it on that banner it shows that it's all because of God's splendor now I really just wanted us to go through Ezekiel 16 because that was exactly what spared me to Um, look into Esther because Esther's story is such a beautiful story and it's amazing because when I first looked at it I was looking about the crown I was looking at the crowning which is equally as important but there's so much more to her story than just the crowning there's a backstory and then there's the the plot and how God is able to just use our crown all for his glory. I hope you were really blessed by, um, by this chapter. Please do read it in your own time. Ezekiel 16 verses 1 to 14. And just be really encouraged. Just know that wherever you're starting from, wherever your starting point is, God can find you in your mess because he found me in my mess and it's not that I'm still not a work in progress that is 
something that will probably carry on until the day he arrives to collect us. But in the process, there's beauty. Even in 2020, I dare say it, but there are still glimmers of beauty. It could be just simply you finding this. Even just the fact that God has given me the grace to do this. So please know that you are royalty. You have a beautiful crown upon your head. You've been succeeded to royalty all for God's splendor. I hope that you've been blessed by this. And I hope to hear from you next time.